Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. I've got a couple pretty cool updates this week. I've been sort of making a checklist of all of the things that I want to do to the podcast coming in 2023. That was sort of my goal. Um, And I got an email the other day. And so this, this is prompted by and inspired by and really for a listener and her adorable sleeping baby. Um, I'm not sure how to fix the sound issue with the podcast being quieter than the commercials. I'm working on that on the back end, but I'm also working on that on my end. I'm learning how to normalize audio, which I like, again, like you guys, I'm not, I don't do this. I mean, I do it now, but I don't know how. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos and I learned how to normalize audio. I also, and you'll hear it in this episode because it's the first one I'm putting it in, I made um, audio intros and outros for commercial breaks. So if you need to use the bathroom or get a snack um, or you have a sleeping baby and you just want to mute your phone so it doesn't wake her up, you can do it in that moment as well. So um, yeah, I want to also let you guys know in longer episodes, we have two commercial breaks and in shorter episodes, there's one in the center. I try to not interrupt the story too much, but you know, I also got bills to pay. So I appreciate you guys understanding that. And um, let's work together to make the show uh, the best that it can possibly be. All right. And I appreciate constructive criticism. I absolutely do. That is the stuff that I respond to. And that is the stuff that I put at the top of my to-do list. And we are working on it. Um, Again, I want to be better than the person I was yesterday. And my only competition is myself. So thank you for that. Uh, and, and let me know if it, it was weird or what, again, like, I don't know. I don't know. You guys are the judge, jury and executioner on this show. So let me know what you think, um, about the new updates and the new things that I'm doing. And, um, if any of you do this and want to give me pointers or anything like that, um, that would be very helpful as well. Uh, always learning as I go. And I really, really appreciate all of the help you guys give me. Secondly, I wanted to remind you that I got a puppy who is just keeping me so busy. Um, There are really adorable pictures of her and I'm putting some pictures of her on the Instagram and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry at all because she's so funny and, you know, she's just a little blessing in disguise for Abby and I. We've needed um, something to love on for a while, so we're very happy that Jaja has come into our life. Thirdly, thank you to our newest Patreon member, Jennifer Taflin. As always, if you would like to join the Patreon, the links are in the show notes and we have five and $10 tiers. Everything comes out a couple days early, ad free, and there are bonus parts like director's cut, you know, stuff where I'm being goofy. If you like my goofiness, then join the Patreon. And if you were like, I like the show, but she's a little goofy sometimes, you'll be happy because I'm cutting out the goofy stuff and saving it for the Patreon. That's what you're missing over on the Patreon. So if that's what you're like, hey, Shows less goofy. I guarantee you it is not. <laughs> Lastly, this episode was the inspiration for the wild goose chase I went on that will be the subject of this and next 
bonus episode. It'll be a two-parter because I tried to tell it in one story and it was so convoluted and it was so hard to circle back around. And I was just like, you know what? This this is two stories. And I just, I couldn't, I could not tell both of them. And when you listen, you'll go, oh yeah. Um, Thank you to everyone that has sent me messages or emails about potential bonus stories. Thank you so much. I love all of the new breadcrumbs to follow. And if you would like to help me make a future episode, I am currently collecting cult stories for the month of November. You can send those in to be read by yours truly via email, or you can send me a message on SpeakPipe, and that link is also in the show notes. There aren't really any trigger warnings in this episode, aside from high-demand, culty, MLM sales tactics. Stay tuned for next week's Halloween episode, because you are not going to want to miss it. Enjoy! Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we're going to be talking more about culty coaching programs mm. and how sometimes they're hidden funnels right into the MLM that you were avoiding when you joined the original coaching program in the first place. And so mm. I would like to welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, Roberta. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. You emailed me earlier this year. I totally missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise of the century. <laughs> you squeaky wheeled. You you got my attention and here we are talking. And it's really interesting because we've been talking about these culty coaching programs, starting with the Chelsea Diamond episode and sort of introducing those sort of coaching coaches to coach coaches and how ridiculous yeah. that is. Where it's like, what do you yeah. do? Business. I do business. I'm an international yeah. businesswoman. It's like, what? <laughs> so absolutely going down this, talking about all these different ones. I want to show people all of the red flags because yeah. your story is a little different. Your story mm-hmm. is sort of the reverse. It didn't mm-hmm. start with the MLM. It ended up there. I'm going to have you start at the beginning with how you got into this life coaching space. Okay. So there's, there's a few beginnings. I got my degree in psychology a few years ago after having just a kind of a challenging experience with that, with some of the teachers and some of the people that I had to deal with, some hoops that I had to jump through in order to get that degree. I'm very proud of myself. I just decided that I did not want to go the route of going on to become like a licensed therapist. And I thought, well, maybe there's uh, an alternative way to do this. And this is before I even had a feel for like sort of the creepy crawly aspects of coaching programs and sort of like quicksand, sand trap kind of vibe. And I was in a kind of a sticky situation. I was trying to look for a way out of a situation that I was in with a partner that I was getting ready to separate from. And it just looked like the shining star. In 2016, I didn't do much, if any, research uh, beforehand. And I just kind of looked up life coaching programs online. And the first thing that came up, I was like, that looks good. And I called the number and I talked to the person who works for iPet Coaching. Probably around a half a dozen phone calls later, I had made the decision to actually go through with signing up for the program. And while I didn't technically have to move out of state in order to do the program, I used that as sort of a catalyst or some sort of an opportunity to just sort of start fresh. 
IPEC is an internationally recognized coaching program. Apparently, you can use these credentials across the pond and all the things. There's some hubs in the U.S. I moved from Ashland, Oregon, Southern Oregon. So there's one in Denver. I believe there was even one in Seattle, a couple in California, you know, random big cities. I don't even want to say that the program is done mostly online because that's actually not technically true. I'm interested because you okay. know, these, these life coaching programs, my first question is how much does it cost? <laughs> well, at the time in 2016, it was right around $10,000 to take wow. this program and be, be part of a cohort, right? $10,000, but you get some sort of a break. So if, if you're like, I'm going to pay this in full instead of in installments, then you get like a four or $500 break. And then if you start the program like two or three months early, so if you started in June, even though the actual cohort starts in September, then they give you like a $200 rebate. So I paid it in full and then I also started it early. So my total cost out of pocket was like $92 or $9,300. But yeah, for the, for the person who needs to make installments, and to the person who didn't start early, it was roughly $10,000. So wow. yeah, good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have the cash or did you have to put it on a credit card or how did you pay that? My father, actually, I said, because I kind of got him on board with this. Yeah, dad, I really just, instead of going and spending another 50K on a master's program and he's like, okay, if this is something that you're going to stick with and you know, you're going to utilize this, then let's go for it. I'm like, yeah, I moved to Denver. This is going to be great. So my poor father, I paid in full. Mm -hmm. And how long did the program take you to complete? I, so I did start it early in June. I got the book early. I got all the paperwork and I started taking the little check the boxes and write paragraphs. And it's like, it was like journal entries basically, essentially. But the whole course that, because I started early was a year. But for someone who doesn't start it early, it was like nine or 10 months. So it basically ended in the summer of the following year in 2017. So yeah. what does it look like when you when you take this course? Do you just they give you all the materials and they say this is going to take about a year? Good luck. Okay, so yeah. So like I said, it's not really online, but most of it is actually done through calling in for classes. So you actually dialed in to like some sort of a phone Zoom class meeting where once a week, someone who actually worked for the company who was a coach, a successful coach in specific areas, we had business coaches, we had partners within the company, we had life coaches, uh, health coaches, all the different types of coaches would man a class that lasted anywhere from one and a half to two hours. But you know, all you really had to do to show that you actually completed the course was at the very end of it, the instructor would say some sort of a code word like banana, and then you type that in, and then you completed the class. So that was a once a week thing. And then there were three, what is called mods, modules, there were three modules. So there was, so because it was technically a nine month program, at the end of each three month section, kind of like a semester, I guess, you had a three day in person seminar type thing, you could say, very similar to like, uh, to some sort of a coaching, how do I say it? 
it was like in-person classes, but it was like an all day thing. And it was set up very much like a seminar where you would go to a hotel, there would be a room designated, um, make sure you bring your own food, bring your own water, they're not feeding you, they're not hydrating you, but you're supposed to be there at 8am and stay until 6 or 7pm, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and kind of get through all of it. And you meet your cohort, and you interact with them. And you do these, to me, they were very like elementary you know, interactions with them to sort of see where you're at and what direction you want to go in. And a lot of it was just like journaling out loud. You know what I mean? They were set up like seminars, but they were very, very, very interactive. Like a little mini convention. Something to that effect. But but it wasn't like rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. It was more like there was an instructor and it was just our cohort. And when I say cohort, there were like how many people? Between 30 and 40, maybe. I lived in Denver, so that was where my module was located. But people who were in other parts of the country would actually fly into Denver because they needed to physically show up. And this was obviously (laughs) pre-COVID. You know, so yeah. I mean, the more I speak on it, the more I'm like, "Mm, yep, seminary kind of. And there was an instructor. So I had the same instructor for module one and module three. And then for module two, there was like someone different. The instructor that I had for module one and module three, she, for some reason, did not like me. (laughs) It was this weird, she was very like subtly not interested in hearing what I had to say. I was like singled out, but like she had her favorites and I was like the opposite of that, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. If you don't live in, you know, the major city in which these events are being held, you are responsible for travel three times within the year and and your hotel and anything you need to travel to these things. Oh yeah. They don't Um, cover anything. And so that's even on top of the 10,000 to just even have the ability to go to this. That's correct. Yeah. But don't forget, you get your awesome, awesome, internationally recognized coaching certification. Woohoo! No, it's such a joke. Yeah. So how long did you last with IPEC? It's so funny that you say how long did I last with IPEC? Because technically speaking, because I completed the program, I am forever a certified life coach. I completed the program. I got my little kindergarten-esque certificate in the mail that was sent to me. I don't even know where it is, to be honest. I was so like, this is so cheesy. This was $10,000. Did you ever like do any other IPEC courses or the one you were one and done? You're like, I'm I'm good. There were some other things. And again, oh God, now I really have to go in, going into the recesses of my mind. There were a couple of other things that they threw into the mix that you could become certified in to sort of beef up what it was that they weren't going to charge you extra for if like during the course of your stint with them, your nine month program with them, that you could do this extra work. And it was a lot of extra work. It was such a long acronym, Roberta. I can't even remember. It was seriously like six letters long having to do with being able to administer some sort of an energy exam to one of your clients to give them an idea of like, I don't know what what kind of a feeler they are, if they're more logical, if they're more compassionate. I, I thought it sounded cool. But then again, there was this part of me, right? That cognitive dissonance <laughs> was definitely like, mm, something feels like this is not 
worth, even though it comes with this package of the program, I'm like, just give me my certification and leave me alone. I mean, I just remember towards the end feeling icky about a lot of it because also on top of the phone calls to call in for these two hour classes once a week, and then reading the energy leadership book that was written by the founder of the company, Bruce D. Schneider. He's definitely a multi, multi, multi millionaire. He's killing it. <laughs> a huge part, a huge component of becoming certified was we had to coach each other. So we were actually assigned someone to coach and someone to coach us from our cohort. I remember I really struggled with my third one because we, uh, we did. I almost like I tried to actually switch out of him, but he ended up being like, it ended up working out. But I'm saying like, you just got assigned someone to coach you. And I can't remember how often it was, but it was at least two, maybe three times a week. It was organized. It was just, how do I put this? It was, I don't know what I signed up for. And that's the reality of the situation. I just kind of went with the heat of the moment, sort of feeling vulnerable, feeling like it was a calling, feeling like it was something that could really jumpstart some sort of a, a huge dream that I have. Well, had, maybe it'll somehow, you know, be redirected in, in a beautiful, positive direction. But there was something about it that was very just, it was so cringy at times, Roberta. I felt like this $10,000 program that was so hyped and had so much potential ended up being this cheesy fly by night. I could have done this. I could have created this curriculum <laughs> and like done it in a couple months. Like it was so, so much of it was like so un unnecessary, like that I really feel like a lot of people in that cohort just completed the program because they were like, uh, some mm. cost fallacy. They're like, I paid $10,000. Yes, I better complete this. Exactly. Like why that's totally where I was at, especially by the end of it. And like I said, one of the, there were three of the in-person seminar style modules. And one of them was instructed and led by someone who was actually kind of cool. And then this woman <laughs> I did not seem to really like me um led the first one and the last one she even pulled me aside once and she said something to the effect of like I I don't know if you're ready or something like that because I, I remember I asked her a question I remember approaching her to ask her something and she was almost like letting me down like I was a child she's like well you know you can always restart at another time in your life and I'm like lady whether and I didn't say this out loud. And of course, I wish I had the gall at the time to do so. But I was like, uh, lady, it's it's 1000% not your decision to make me feel like or decide whether or not this is something that I'm capable of completing or ready for. I signed up for this program. You're getting paid, bitch. Like, mm, you know what I'm saying? Like, these little things that seem so negligible in the moment when someone thinks that they're trying to be honest with someone or trying to be helpful in some way, the opposite of encouraging, but whatever it's, you know, they're planting seeds. And sometimes, especially when someone is clearly in a very vulnerable place, and I'm sure that's what she picked up on. She was planting a seed in my mind. And that is my main takeaway from her 
<laughs> is the seed that she planted about me not being ready for something, which the whole time I was sitting there going, this curriculum is so elementary. It's not that I wasn't ready for it. It's just that it was, I was at a place where I was ready to make moves that were far more advanced than what this curriculum was trying to prepare people for, quote unquote, prepare people for. And it actually held me back. I mean, really, if, if that's how I want to sum it up, I feel like Spending $10,000 and going through this coaching program 100% held me back from my potential. And that's sort of that the victim sort of mentality. I mean, I'm sure there were a number of things that were holding me back. I had no understanding of how vulnerable and how raw I was. I just moved to Denver, Colorado. I knew literally no one. There was a lot going on for me and I was just trying to get settled and I couldn't quite get settled and all the endorphins, all of the ups and downs and, you know, by myself in a big city, literally. <laughs> and here I am trying to go through this program. And from the, out the gate, I'm disappointed as hell by it. And then I have one of the instructors telling me that I'm not ready for it. I'm like, who do you think you're talking to, lady? If I knew then, of course, what I know now, it's like, why did I make such a compulsive, impulsive decision and think that somehow it was going to create something for me that was going to to push me to a next level in my life and take me to like greater heights or whatever, right? I think that's a pretty human thing. I think that's a very natural thing to want, especially when I definitely waffle back and forth between wholly believing in myself, probably to a fault, and then going from that extreme to thinking that I'm incapable of making proper decisions. I'm incapable of even being an adult, <laughs> making adult decisions. And it was just a very eye-opening experience. And towards the end, again, I had tons of support friends who were like, you're amazing. You're going to kill it. You know, when are you going to start your business and become this incredible life coach? And I had a sort of a vision of how I wanted to go with my niche and all of the things, but I couldn't quite get myself to take it seriously, to be honest. I mean, a girlfriend of mine even walked me to the computer, sat me down and was like, we're going to create a Facebook business page for you, lady. Like I had a girlfriend to design a, a business card for me. Beautiful. She's an incredible graphics designer. I did nothing <laughs> with these things because there was something deep down inside of me that felt like that wasn't enough. And if I'm that weak of a person, then how am I going to help people grow? How am I going to work my magic with people if I feel duped, if I feel like I walked into a trap? And then the imposter syndrome just exploded. And to be perfectly honest, six and a half years later, I'm still living with it. Yeah. Wow. Well, earlier you mentioned, uh, as you were describing this, you're like, wow, it's just like a PSI seminar. So mm. at what point did PSI and their okay. seminars come into your circle? So that is a separate entity in some respects, but I guess you could say that there's there's always a connection in timelines between how things kind of transition from one thing to the next. Everything is pretty fluid most of the time. But once I completed the program, beginning of summer of 2017, I had a friend and she was in no way affiliated with the coaching program that I had just completed, but she knew I was taking the coaching program. And this woman, bless her heart, um, she meant well, you know, this woman is the type of person she always means well. 
she's a very spiritual person, a very sensitive person. We have a lot in common, sort of. She's that sort of like goes to festivals and is a visionary artist kind of person. Makes jewelry and has the dermals and the tattoos. And and she's our age. So I'm 39. I know you're 41. 41, yeah. Yeah. And so she's 40. So it's that sort of somewhere in between Gen X and millennial vibe. She has this very intense, beautiful, powerful intoxicating energy, I should say. We were very close at the time because I had moved, you know, a year prior, I had moved from Oregon to Colorado and she was one of the only people and I knew her for many years online, only online. And she lived in Colorado. I won't say exactly where she lived, but it was like an hour and a half drive from Denver. And I would go up to her a lot and spend time with her and it was just fun. And so she was dating a man. He was very wrapped up into the PSI seminars. And I don't think I realized at the time just how invested he was. And at the time, she was very invested in him, (laughs) which means uh, obviously, you know, she wanted to do whatever she could to sort of get these people recruited because that is essentially how PSI seminars work. Ah, okay. IPEC coaching program was not necessarily about recruiting people. I, I really don't know actually how they how they get their suckers to come in and take their <laughs> course, but PSI seminars is about word of mouth. You know what I'm saying? That's how it's always been. I don't even know how long PSI seminars has been around. I suppose I should have done some. I did uh, look up uh, some stuff on PSI. What did um, you find out? Well, it's uh, PSI is a large group awareness training. Um, so it's kind of a, a rah-rah kind of thing and large group awareness trainings came out of the human potential movement, right? which came out of the 1960s counterculture, anti-establishment, damn the man, which is so funny because yeah. they've sort of co-opted it and reversed it to like funnel you right back to the man. Isn't that hilarious? Yes. Right. <laughs> like Right. What? Exactly. So what year does it show that PSI has actually been an active company? Does it say? Yeah. So it was founded in 1973. So, oh. I mean, totally checks, right? Jeez. Why did I think it was like the 80s or the 90s or something like that? But totally checks. Like, are you kidding me right now? Who's the founder again? I, I know I've seen it. I know I've seen it. No, tell me, what's the look? (laughs) Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. 
and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM, code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Um, Okay, so this is what it says on the Wikipedia page Hmm. for PSI seminars. Okay. (laughs) There's a history and a background. The guy that started it, his name is Thomas Willett, I think. Thomas Willett. I don't know how to say that last name or how to pronounce it properly. But unfortunately, in 1983, he died when his private plane crashed into a field at the company's headquarters. And since then, I know that's it's just this... wild since then his widow jane willett has run the company as the ceo since 1983 yeah so he died 10 years after it founded in a plane crash on the headquarter property yeah so So, it's it's got a tragic past it's got this the roots in like the counterculture movement sure and it's like a, a funnel it is yeah so, so talk us through what happened uh, with you at PSI. Okay. So the, so this girlfriend of mine, I was giving you a little bit of background on her just to sort of set the stage. And she calls me up and she's essentially begging me, right? And I was like, look, I wasn't even feeling good about, you know, the coaching program that I just took. I'm not really sure if I really want to dive into another thing where I just feel like I'm, I just, I got a bad feeling about it. And I was trying to explain to her, like, intuitively, this doesn't feel right to me. Oh, my, my goodness, she probably had me on the phone for well over an hour, just kind of buttering me up and making all of these uh, essentially false promises to kind of get me to do it. And of course, 
their whole thing is that the, <laughs> you ready for this, Roberta? The actual price of a three-day admission is like $8.95. But if you get referred from a friend, then you get some sort of a special, you're cool, thumbs up, we love you, and you're meant to be here price for the low, low price of $595. So you get a whopping $300, right? I know your face is absolutely cracking me up. Oh my God. <laughs> a whopping $300 off of admission. So there's that. You know, of course, if you make them feel like they're saving money, even though it's $200 a day for this crap, just the talk of it going to be something that I've never experienced before. But lady, I have, and I told you a little bit about my experience even earlier in life with another bizarro seminar thing. So I I have had exposure to it in the past. And I knew as she was explaining it to me that it was going to be along the same lines. And it actually wasn't even nearly as as intense as the one that I experienced in the early 2000s. So I I just like, what's the vibe? Like, what's the vibe of this seminar? Is it like a rah-rah troll party? Is it like (laughs) super businessy? Like, like what's the vibe? Okay, so the thing about PSI seminars, once you show up, you sign up, you get a badge or a name tag or whatever, and it's like this whole introduction. And it's very like the people who run it, who actually get paid by the program are there to like greet you. And they're dressed up nice. We're talking the suit and the button up shirt and the slacks, you know, the nice shoes and everything. And the women are dressed nicely. And you just kind of show up in whatever you're comfortable in wearing. There were some people who were dressed to the nines and some people who were wearing sweats and a tank top. It was really just a mixed bag, but it was very set up. Everything was by design. Everything about the layout and how things were put together was by design. So you get there and they're patting you on the back and thank you so much for coming and you've made the right decision. You don't even know, you know, what you're in for. This is going to be life-changing for you. Of course, like absolutely. Rah, rah. It was so similar to that first experience that I had back in my early 20s that it was like actually mind-blowing, but it was just a lot less intense. So the physical vibe was there was the the speaker, the guy who actually led the seminar all three days. You get there early in the morning and the, there's one guy who's actually leading the entire seminar. The people who actually work for PSI seminars, the manager the manager's assistant, some other people, who the hell knows who they are. They're all sitting in the back of the class. But you've got the guy in the front, you've got the people who get paid, who work in the back. And then you have PSI graduates who completed the basic training, completed the middle training. I don't even know much about it. And then there's the final training, which is like a $4,500. You go out of town and go stay at a ranch for a week thing. But people who completed the whole training, not just this basic training seminar, they're volunteers and they're lining the walls. And then there's everyone who's actually new, who paid the $600 or $900 to get into the seminar, sitting in these rows, in these incredibly uncomfortable folding chairs in this empty ballroom type not ballroom even it was like a little small convention room that you can rent in a hotel for probably like a couple hundred bucks a day yeah like at the radisson by the airport correct something like that that's exactly i can't remember what the hotel was but it was in denver yes 
So you've got all these guys in suits yeah. all around. You've got the, yeah. the head honcho. You've got the guys in the back. The mm-hmm. entire room is lined with these these people who mm-hmm. are graduates. They're plants. And they're and, and what is their vibe? Are they encouraging? Are they saying like, oh, you're going to love this. It's incredible. Look oh, what it's absolutely. done for me. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's, you know, and they're dressed nicely, too. They're there to continue to keep that energy flow of you're in the right place. And this was meant to be. And congratulations for walking through that door. Yeah. There was just a lot of it. It's, it's, it's a whole vibe. So like walk us through, like you walk through, you sit down, this guy starts mm-hmm. talking, like walk us through the experience, at least what you remember. Yeah, it, it, it is really hard because it's so dense. So the PSI seminar experience, the basic training, the intro training or whatever, is it's such a dense experience. Oh, you can't have your phone. You can't have a course like you have to actually leave all of your belongings off to the side or in the back, even your purse, everything. So you're just, you can't have any distractions. And I have some stories about some things that happened because I'm like a natural little rebellious girl. I like to see what happens when I push the limits. And I actually did something that got me followed outside when I tried to leave. Yeah. Why? Tell me. Oh yeah. This is how this works. Tell us. We have to know the story. (laughs) So just to to say real quick, I mean, the vibe of the room is, yeah, we, you have this, the person up front talking. I don't even know if he's a head honcho, but he's some dude who's getting paid a good amount of money to lead like an 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday seminar. You get there at 8 a.m. sharp. They make it very clear. These are the rules. You follow the rules because following the rules when you're trying to change your life is the most important thing. And you want to change your life, right? You want better for yourself. You want better for your family. You want better for this. Of course, it's a very similar MLM spiel. It's very MLM-y. If you want to know the secrets of the universe, you bought your ticket. It was only 600 bucks and good for you for being here. <laughs> because you're in the right place, partner. Yeah. Yeah. And like so, we have all the secrets and we're going to give it to you for the low, low price of $600 in three not just, whole days of your time. In, in three whole days of your time, but it's three whole days of our time as well. And we're not just going to give you the secrets of the universe. We're going to show you the secrets of the universe. And that's what's so hilarious about this, right? I mean, and it's literally like, it's just a barren room filled with hot, sweaty people who are either upset that they let their spouse or their friend or their partner or their cousin talk them into doing something that's so ridiculous, or they're just excited and and it's going to be great. Um, and I was definitely one of the people who walked in there and I was pissed. I I won't say her name. We'll call her B. Yeah, we'll call her B. Not you. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, that's my <laughs> name. <laughs> but her first name began with a B, so we'll we'll go there. We'll start. We'll say that. So there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And yes, we'll we'll sell you these secrets, and it's going to be great for the low low price. Towards the end of this, right? Because I I should also say that B was in. She was actually one of the volunteers in the room that day. So that was one of her selling points. I'll be there. I'm going to be supportive for you, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah. So going to the rebellious part though, because it's kind of a quick thing, but essentially 
I think it was on the third day. I was just in a place where I was like, they're working you, man, especially by the third day. They're trying to get you to commit to sign up for the second level. They're trying to get you to commit to putting it on a credit card. They're trying to get you to commit to actually physically signing up. They got you. It's like they're holding you hostage. It's like a timeshare presentation. <laughs> really? Well, it's like yeah. the timeshares, right? Like they want yeah. you to buy like this vacation apartment. Right. So they like they want you they get you oh we're going to give you a free vacation we're going to give you this free you just have to come here right to the golf course right. and just come to this very incredibly high pressure presentation right and if you make it out alive the rest of the vacation is free and right. it's like <laughs> insanely high pressure because yeah. they want you to leave with a timeshare right <laughs> which it's, is like exactly the MLM of real estate of real estate I've heard stories for sure. I've definitely heard stories. I mean, thing is, there is no free when it comes to PSI. There, it, there is no free when it comes to the seminars. They have you, they find ways to have the majority of people who show up for these things so convinced that they are doing us a favor by even being in their presence because they're so spectacular. They're so successful. They have all of these tools that they're bestowing upon us. I mean, it's literally the unicorn that you never thought was going to prance right in front of you in a mystical, magical forest. And it's all smoke and mirrors and it's all an illusion. And it, you know, again, it was just, it was another blow to my delusion <laughs> about the self-help and human development courses that I'm like, is this really it? Is this really what people have to offer or companies have to offer in this space? evolving as people and working through trauma so that they can actually live their full potential because I'm very much a firm believer in getting to that place. But the level of disillusionment that I experienced going through my coaching program and then immediately getting sort of tied into this PSI crap, I was angry. So there's, for me, because I paid in full and got the cash back and then got the $200 rebate for starting a few months early and then paid $600. I mean, really for me, that was $10,000 total. Just here you go. And all I got a bad taste in my mouth and just a sense of overwhelming disappointment in what we have to offer humanity. If this is it, this is so sad and depressing. This is so scammy and so exploitative. How is this actually what I thought I stood for it. This is the opposite of that. This is trauma. This is smoke and mirrors. This is the Wizard of Oz. This is not truth and empowerment and learning how to transmute, you know, horrible, you know, circumstances into inspiration and motivation and the ability to 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 build on on a foundation that you've recreate that you've restructured it was just so hard for me to accept but i i understand i'm going to go back to that one thing that i keep alluding which is the the thing that i did i i at the very end on the third day sometime during that day where they're high pressuring you into getting you to spend the money people were like my mortgage my this i just remember people were like getting so upset and it was a dark room it was the mood was set. Everything was by design. Literally everything was by design. 
And I left to go to the bathroom so that I could kind of get away from it. Cause I was like, this is so uncomfortable. Nothing about this makes sense. I, I could feel that they were like into like some deep recesses of my psyche and I needed to break away from that. So I left and I was probably gone for like 10 or 15, maybe even 20 minutes to go to the restroom. And when I came back, it was still happening. It was still going on. And I only left to, to take a breather, right? But by the time I got back, they were starting to go back to this guy who was running the actual seminar class and they had a projector up. They were still pushing things. It was that last day was like a selling day. A lot of it was. And then I really had to use the restroom. (laughs) So I got out of my seat and I started to walk to the back and a woman essentially asked me where I was going you already used the restroom during an undesignated break. So I was like, okay, well, I need to go. So I'll be back. I mean, what is this third grade? Literally. And this is what happened too. I, I know we didn't talk about it, but this is the same thing that happened with that original seminar that I did back in the early 2000s and my early 20s. There is no leaving during undesignated breaks. They literally have permission basically to hold you hostage as long as you're in there. I mean, they can't physically actually hold you in there, but you get dinged. They set ground rules on the first day within the first couple of hours and you essentially agree to them. If you go outside of them, then you basically kind of throw a small wrench in whatever is going on with them. So I actually got, I did, I, I went to the restroom And when I got out of the rest, I was gone for maybe five or 10 more minutes, got back out. And there was one of the people in the back waiting for me outside the restroom. She walked me back from down the hall. I'm not kidding. Yeah. That is so creepy. It's creepy. And I, again, it was one of those things where I just like, I just was on autopilot and I just went back inside. But I mean, obviously thinking about it, I should have grabbed my purse and left, but I didn't. I actually went back inside and I just remember just being like, I I didn't really know what to make of it, but I, I knew I felt that feeling before because aha, I had actually experienced it 10 ish years prior. It's all the same. It's very constricting, but they make it seem like it's for your own good. So after they throw you through this sales funnel ringer and on Mm -hmm. the third day of these like high pressure, high demand, like, don't you want to go on to group two? How does this funnel work? Like, where does the MLM come in? Okay. On the very last day, from what I recall, because very jumbled, there's a lot. It was either at the very end of the last day. And I can't remember much about the right before it happened. But I do remember leaving the actual room where the seminar was held and going into another much smaller room that was still lined with a bunch of chairs. In that room, somewhere along the way, we just get put together with a bunch of Trans America people, a bunch of World Financial Group people. They're, they're walking with us, they're talking with us. And then the next thing I know, I'm in another room talking with, like basically surrounded by like four or five of them. I don't even know how it happened. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're on the third day of going through such like a, like a psychological roller coaster of being in one of these PSI things, like you have a really hard time piecing together how this thing happened and that thing happened because it's like a psyop. It's like 
things don't really make a lot of sense. You're just kind of piecing things. How did X, Y, and Z? Because it's all done so skillfully. It's so sly. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very covert. Very covert. Very covert. Extraordinarily. Yes. I mean, they're putting you in this seminar that you paid hundreds of dollars to go. And it's a total nightmare where you're just like, what is this? Every day you're going back, still not really understanding what it is. And you are exhausted mentally, physically, Uh, emotionally. It's this high pressure, high demand. And you're just like, I just want to go pretend I'm going to the bathroom to get away from this. That's right. I could totally understand being in that mindset of like, whatever to just leave. And then they throw you to some world financial group wolves and they're like, good luck. Exactly. Literally that. If I really think back and again, 2017. So this was like, it was a few years ago, but it's like, I don't legitimately remember how it happened, but I just remember I had their numbers in Facebooks and they had mine. It seemed like they had good intentions and they were really interested in, oh, so yeah. So, oh, so you got your coaching certification. Oh, great. And what did you think of PSI? What did you think of that? Oh, cool. Like very just chatty and wanting to know about you. And if you're at all thirsty for some attention, there you go. And they were all guys, good looking. And I was single. <laughs> Gee, I wonder if that's also intentional. I mean, come I on. Know. What, what happened? Were they just like relentlessly contacting you then? Believe it or not? No, there was just, you know, thinking about it now, if there was some sort of a, a tag team or something like that, One of them in particular was the one who I ended up getting into contact with. And we'll call him Mark. (laughs) I probably got two or three of their numbers and a lot of them Facebook, but he's the one who contacted me. I think he shot me a text or something. And he basically asked me to just meet up for some coffee. And I was like, well, what's going on with this? Well, yeah, I'm curious to know about your coaching. Like, what do you want to do with it? There was something about it that seemed not like an opportunity, not opportunistic, if that makes sense. I just, there's some vibe about him that was very approachable and warm. I had no idea that he was just doing a number on me. We met up, we met up probably within a week or two, maybe of that seminar of having met and we had coffee, he bought me coffee and we just talked and he told me about how he was a basketball coach and how he came from this rough background and how he's doing something business-wise that was really helping him get ahead and helping his mom and, but being pretty vague about it. But then he told me ish what was going on. What did he say? Like, I sell life insurance. I sell insurance. (laughs) Like, what did he, what did he say that he did? It's so hard to remember because we talked about a number of things and a lot of it was him asking me like personal questions about me. I mean, and he was engaged at the time too. I'm like, what does this guy even want with me? But I mean, really nice guy. I wasn't really sure if this was like a 
date, but I, he was with someone. I was like, what? Who is he? Okay. Why? You know, it's it interesting was, you say that because yeah. there are a lot of people that mention, especially World Financial Group, also yeah. Amway and other ones that are sort of secretive yeah. like that. Totally. That women, especially, will get contacted by these men, whether they're out shopping or what, and go get coffee. And they say, like, it felt like a date. Yeah. And then all sort of a sudden of. it was like kind of businessy too. And it was right. like, these are weird questions to be asking, but at the same time, there was a very familiar back and forth, like right. a date. It was kind of a blurred line. I mean, again, I knew that he had a partner, like a long-term girlfriend or fiance. It wasn't creepy or anything like that, but I was wondering what was he really, I mean, looking back, I just thought, well, maybe he just thinks I'm so great. And maybe this is really an opportunity. Maybe this really is like this universal break of like consistently being disappointed by these things that I have put my time and energy and money into and not them not working out. Well, maybe this is different, whatever the hell this is. So we probably were there for like an hour. I'm pretty sure we parted ways. But it wasn't long after that he actually invited me down to the headquarters of Transamerica in Denver. And we met, of course, in this lovely office because that's Transamerica. It looks very corporate. You know, he's wearing the nice suit and he has me come into this room, this empty conference room. And I want to say two or three hours later, and a whiteboard filled with numbers and explanations later, asking me very leading questions and very charged questions about what I want to create for myself moving forward. He got me to reach into my wallet and pay the $100 sign-up fee. I consistently made wrong decisions with large sums of money. <laughs> so that's a huge part of also why I just ended up questioning my own ability to, to make meaningful choices um, as an adult, as a 30-something-year-old woman. What am I even doing? Literally throwing money and time and energy and opportunity out the window. Like, what? Why is this not working for me? We met up for coffee, hour, hour and a half chat. Within a couple of weeks, I was at the Transamerica headquarters, letting him give me his spiel that seemed very tailored to me. He Pretty much, I remember being in front of the laptop where he had everything pulled up and he was ready to take my payment. And he very covertly nudged me to not wait, obviously. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Why wait? That whole very obvious. So you're thrust into World Financial Group via Transamerica, via these coaching and seminar groups. Right. Via PSI, ironically, not so ironically, but yeah, (laughs) that's right. Damn the Mm -hmm. man, right back to the man. So what happens once you're enrolled financial group? It's an insurance MLM. We've kind of covered it on the show a couple of times before and talked about it. Did you get licensed? Because that's something that you have to do. Yes. That's the whole other part of this, right? He pitched it to me more along the lines of, as an investment, an investment strategy that pays out so much of a safety net and protection. Like you're not selling life insurance. You're signing people up 
for a better investment than even their potential 401ks. And of course, I'm sure you know how that works. And so what ended up happening was as soon as I signed up, he totally brushed over, by the way, how dense and intense and time consuming these licensing they're not programs, but these licensing uh, courses are. He's like, yeah, you should be able to get it done in a couple of weeks. No problem. And I'm like, well, what is it? Oh, you know, you just go, you answer some questions. You just learn the terminology. And then you have to go and take the actual final ex- exam or whatever, the official licensing once you take all of the courses online. And he gave me the links and gave me some codes to punch in so that I could get some discount. And he didn't even tell me that if you don't complete certain parts of the licensing within a specific time frame, that they will expire. The course is expired. So you you can't just take your time with it. And then if they expire, you have to pay additional money to basically keep your place it was this whole <laughs> nightmare of a situation. And he just doesn't just fails to mention all of this very important information. Oh, he didn't even, he brushed over it. Like you'll be fine. It'll right, be fine. Because he already and got I, what he needed out of you, which was a fresh, warm body to add to his team. Correct. And I didn't even know what the hell his team was. Right. So a fresh, warm body and a hundred dollar foot in the door. That's what he got. So let's not forget another hundred dollars. Like it's nothing. Oh my gosh. And let me just make it very clear that I was so high on dopamine endorphins when I left that office after paying the money. I was like, oh my God, a business opportunity. Oh my God, this is my big break. How could he lie to me? He has warm eyes and he's kind and he's a a children's basketball coach. He's so cool. This is going to be great. And I call my mom and my brother literally on my way home from this thing. And my mom's like, you got a job? Wait. You, you paid money. Andrew, what are you doing? You don't have to pay money for to get a job. And I'm like, well, it's a business opportunity. She's like, what are you actually talking about, Andrew? What did you do? And then I was like, all right, I got to go. Bye. And I called my brother. His first response was, well, at least it was only $100. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell him like, this is going to be great. And it's just an opportunity. And he's just like, from what I understand, it's pretty much a pyramid scheme. He actually said that to me. After warning me about going into a potential pyramid scheme, I almost got caught up in one. He was like, don't do it. It's a pyramid scheme. And then that's when he actually said, Andrea, that's what this is. <laughs> that was sort of his way of going, yeah, well, it was only a hundred bucks. But I just remember feeling like, well, my brother, and my mom don't understand. And I'm going to, of course, prove them wrong. How can right. I prove them wrong? How can I make them see that I'm not as gullible and naive as I've been for the last 30 something years of my life? I'm different now. <laughs> But, well, actually, to be perfectly honest, that same day, I called Mark back and said, what did I just do? I, I remember calling him with some doubt and him basically being surprised that I went from feeling so good about it in the office to feeling so crappy about it. And then that kind of set the tone, to be honest. But I still committed. I was going to the weekly meetings. I was showing up. One thing I forgot to mention was one of the main parts of that first meeting prior to the paying of the money was let's get a list of your contacts going. Who cares if you feel comfortable or don't feel comfortable? That's part of what this is. Your market is going to be your aunts and uncles and friends and 
and siblings and anyone under the sun that's willing to hear you out <laughs> and understand what an amazing opportunity this is, right? Yeah. How well did you do in World Financial I, Group? I didn't. Long story short, I went to the meetings. I did a lot of the licensing. I paid probably a couple of hundred dollars just to kind of keep the licensing courses up and running. I probably got through maybe two thirds to three quarters of them. And then I realized there was definitely some weirdness between me and my quote unquote mentor. That's what they're called, the mentors in Transamerica. So he just kind of checked out. I think he kind of knew from the beginning that it just wasn't going to pan out, especially since I went to him so soon after I signed up going, what is this really? No help from him, no real help from anyone else. And then I found out that taking the actual final licensing exam was going to be like several hundred dollars on top of all the money for the courses. And that exam itself was even more intense and dense than the courses and the quizzes. I have my degree. I've been to college. I was like, I can do this. No, ma'am. Basically, you're just cramming. You know, you're just cramming and trying to get licensed. And then what ended up happening, this was, this was really the blessing in disguise, Roberta, was going through the courses. And I'm actually giving up time working so that I could actually do the courses. Of course, I'm turning down positions. I was working at like doing leasing for in like apartment buildings at the time, but I was a temp because I liked the flexibility, but I was pretty good at it and I liked it. So I would take jobs and every, and it seemed like while I was trying to do these courses is when there were all these jobs available and I kept turning them down in order to try to get through this training. But long story, sh not so short. <laughs> I ended up actually having a gallbladder flare-up. I had been having some issues with my health, not knowing what it was from years prior. One night, something set off my gallbladder, and I ended up actually having to go to the ER at the same exact time that all this stuff was happening with Transamerica. You know, wasn't even hearing from my mentor, and, and I was living with a roommate who was always gone. I had a boyfriend, but things were rocky. And it was just me still in Denver. I was pretty much just on my own. So I have to get my ass to the ER. And I end up actually having to have emergency gallbladder removal surgery in the middle of me trying to get licensed. And to be perfectly honest, Roberta, I actually kind of cut it down. I landed in the ER. They ran a bunch of tests, hooked me up to an IV, pumped me full of random shit, and then sent me home. And then I actually ended up having to go to the ER a second time, like two days later in the middle of the night. They finally admitted me, did an ultrasound and said, yeah, you have like a million stones. Yeah, pits. They look like pits. We need to get this thing out of you. Now, you're, of course, they're like, you don't have to, but they're like, you will be back. <laughs> this is not something that's treatable anymore. You need to have this removed. That's what happened at like two o'clock in the morning, seven, eight hours later, I went in for the surgery. It was nuts. And of course, I was getting phone calls and text messages and oh my God, are you okay? And a couple of people visited me. I got flowers, but my world financial group guy was just like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. How soon are you going to be able to get your butt to the next meeting? I'm not kidding. In going over all of the interviews and listening to all of the people that you spoke to and all these various MLMs, including some of the World Financial Group, I mean, it all lines up. Everything is so textbook. Everything overlaps. It's like they really don't care 
about you as a person, of course, it's just the bottom line. Did I just lose my warm body? Yeah. It's just so formulaic. It's just predictable, but unfortunately, a lot of us can't see it until we've recognized the forest for the trees, right? Until we're kind of, we look back and we go, yep, that was it. And of course, I remember there was some sort of a conversation between us where I told him, I'm not quitting. Like, yeah, no, I'm not going anywhere. And then of course, there I went. I didn't complete my licensing and <laughs> oopsies. Yeah. Oh, well. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, well. And there I was sort of a strike three, if you will, um, with my, when am I going to catch my break? And it wasn't with them. That's for sure. And I kind of want to go back to you because there was a point somewhere between me going to all of the meetings and rubbing elbows with these really fake people. And a lot of them were just bros. Oh my God, here's my life trophy wife and I'm like so rich and like I guess you could be rich too but it was so fake to me but I do remember actually pulling Mark my mentor into a room one night and saying is this an MLM I literally said is this an MLM and he couldn't say no but he didn't say yes well I mean it's networking but it's like you know but it's I mean eh, let me just say this to Roberta Bless your heart and bless sort of the divine timing of how everything came together for me finding you because I knew, of course, that MLMs by their very nature are just not good. And if they were so wonderful and and as promising as they are, people wouldn't work these quote unquote regular jobs and it would just be that easy. But I almost actually considered joining one of those Facebook surprise jewelry reveal companies that I know a lot about. I was at a point where I was just like, it's time to try something different. If I lose a couple of hundred bucks, fine, whatever, I'll kidnap, whatever. Of course, there was something in the back of my mind going, this is never going to work. I was like, it's time to to try something new, to try something different or unique. And I did. I kind of got my eye sparkled a little bit, even though I knew what a complete shit show a lot of these surprise jewelry reveal MLMs are. They're so catty. It's such a hot mess. There's so much revenue loss. I mean, it's- I've had a lot of people asking me about like those fizz bomb ring oh parties and all of those. Yes. So We'll have some content coming up on that soon and, and maybe I'll have you back so you can tell us your story and that as well. I so much about these fizzy parties that are just, they're coming out with their guns blazing and they're, they're falling and then they're getting right back up. And these CEOs and these people who are in compliance, it's got a very similar vibe to the paparazzi stuff, but it's its own unique, disturbing beast because these women are expected to go live for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, interact, fizz these things, send them out. There's all these rules and regulations. It's a hot mess express. Yeah. It reminds me so much of like the excitement of like opening up the LuLaRoe box on live and being like, we're going to open up leggings live. Exactly. It's that same thing. It's like paparazzi meets the surprise egg aspect of LuLaRoe (laughs) are these ring bomb parties. So yeah, we will definitely be diving into those because I get so many questions and uh, yes, they are definitely MLMs and- Oh yeah. They epitomize MLMs. 
well, I'm so happy you're out. I'm so happy you figured it out. I, I, I'm so happy you asked direct. And he was like, um, it's not, not a pyramid scheme. And yeah. You're like, All right. I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, and that you're on the other side and we were able to connect. I'm so happy that you came on the show and told your story because you. most stories are a little different. Most stories start with the MLM yeah. and end with something completely different. And, yeah. and yours was really a reverse funnel system of, kind of, of what was. normally happens. It's the truth. And again, having found you and having sort of fallen into this anti MLM community and feeling just a sense of like, I don't know these people personally, but there's so much to this. I can feel the fire in me that once felt like complete despair and sorrow and disappointment. It kind of turned into this anger and intensity and passion and like indignance. And now I'm, you know, it kind of gave some release to the grieving process, if you will. It allowed some of that energy that was stuck in me of what the hell is it that I'm feeling? What am I really grieving here? What am I really going through here? So that I could kind of move through some of those phases of that's what it was. That's why I've been feeling so lost, so duped, or at least in some part to just consistently having falling into these situations that ended up being not what I thought they were throwing money time energy at lost causes I'm actually still having memories come to the surface because a lot of them are very repressed because I'm like that didn't really happen but in fact it did um and there's even so many more layers as well but I'm I'm just thrilled that I uh, that I had an opportunity to come on here and say, I guess, what I needed to say. And at the very least, I feel like I have officially learned my lesson. <laughs> I hope to be even more involved. And, and I'm hoping that this can open up even more opportunities for me because it was I was in a pretty dark place for a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you are better. And getting better, Thanks. you know. I'm getting better, so, yeah, definitely. exactly. Are you yeah. ready to do some rapid fire questions? Sure, go for it, Roberta. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, Andrea. What is one yeah. word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Sleazy. What is one warning to somebody who wants to join an MLM? Don't buy the hype. Don't fall for it. It's meant to sparkle your eyes. It's meant to appear like an alternative option, and a lot of how they kind of rein you in is by design to get you to not see the things that you're not supposed to see until you're ready to move on from it. It's all very much the smoke and mirrors and the the Wizard of Oz. So just don't buy the hype. Stay strong. And if you feel a little bit of that cognitive dissonance, just be aware that that it's telling you something. That's your intuition. Excellent. Excellent advice. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? I mean, to be honest, Amway for sure. Like, how could it not be? I know I didn't say a word about Amway. And I, as far as I know, I have some friends who have had some some interesting stories with Amway experiences. And uh, But they're the great grandfather of the great game with all that I've learned through your podcast and some of the research that I've done. I mean, it's just what a hellish, <laughs> what a cult, man. Like, how is that even still a thing? And way for the win. And way for the loss, man. For sure. And way. <laughs> <laughs> what is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? I mean, uh, that's the thing, right? Because so much of the lesson was in this coaching stuff with me as well. 
when I question myself, when I question my initial gut response to something, that's when it all goes downhill. When I, of course, turn off that little conscious, always let your conscience be your guide, right? When you kind of like go, Jiminy, I've had enough. And you put him out back in his little matchbox and you're like, get out of my face. And you don't actually listen to that little voice that says something isn't right and you know it's not right. And so what are we going to do about it? And not listening to that has been essentially what has created the disappointment and the disillusionment and a lot of sort of the surfacing of some of my mental health stuff coming up for me that's been really hard. The disillusionment and just feeling like a failure, just feeling like I can't trust my decision making. That's been it. I feel that for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. give me a positive takeaway from what you learned. That there's nothing new under the sun. And in some respects, that's that's kind of a good thing, I guess. That discernment, it's not just a gift, but it's also a skill. And you have to sometimes go through these things and experience these choices to recognize that you actually do have the ability to discern. So, But sometimes it is truly a retrospect thing. And that's okay. You know, that's okay to look back and go, hmm, that was 50,000 red flags. And I know I saw at least 30,000 of them. Just learning in sort of this reverse funnel thing, how to actually believe in myself more and how to actually recognize that I'm not a dum-dum that just falls for things in, in my own naivety. I've just learned a, a lot of internal things, a lot of things about my own ability to rise above, if you will. Absolutely. It's it's very important. And I think it's a really good positive takeaway. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for coming and talking and being so candid and vulnerable with us and sharing your story. It is a very important story. Everybody's story is really important. The more stories we tell like this, the more commonality we find between all of these scams, the more red flags we expose and the more people go, wait a second, I might yeah. be in one of these things too. Right. So thank you so much. Thank you, Roberta thank you so much for listening to life after mlm don't forget to like subscribe and share and follow us on social media at life after mlm podcast and my advocacy at the real roberta blevins you can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes and if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought oh my god i have a story just like that that needs to be told hit me up therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Mm-hmm.